Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Welcome back to another episode of Yolitics here. You know, we didn't have Wheeler with us last week. He's out recovering from his back surgery. Mm-hmm. So, in his place, we are auditioning new folks. Don't play. Tashara Parker's with us. <laughs> Tashara Parker. They are not is auditioning me. I'm just stopping by. No, come on. Stay with us for a while. How are you? Good. How are you doing? This is your first time on Yolitics? Second. Second time. Yeah, yeah. you've been on before, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Last time we talked about the Crown Act as well, yeah. The Crown Act. Mm-hmm. And it is back now. Yes. So we're talking about hair for the folks who don't remember our, our episode before mm-hmm. when, when the legislative session was going last year. Mm-hmm. So the Crown Act is, is an acronym. Tell us what it stands for. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but sure. I, I think you're going to know what, what <laughs> yeah. CROWN stands for. Creating a respectful and open world for natural hair. There's a growing push. This is a piece of legislation that's being spread across the country, mm-hmm. different state legislatures all over, the, all over the country, and in Congress. This is a growing push to stop discrimination over hairstyles for black people. Yeah. Here's my question. I, I don't have any firsthand knowledge of this. I don't have the best hair, as you can tell. Um, What kind of discrimination are people facing regularly? Yeah, so for someone who doesn't deal with this, right, it would sound like a trivial topic, right? Trivial issue. Um, And it's for hair texture and hairstyle, so I wanna be clear on that. And when it comes to hair texture, the way someone hair naturally grows out of their head. So for example, if someone chooses to wear an afro to work, they may be looked at or viewed differently than someone who doesn't. Maybe that hairstyle will be seen as unprofessional to someone in the workplace, right? Same thing with young people. You got young kids being sent home for wearing locks in their hair, for wearing braids in their hair, for having locks that go past their neck, things along those lines. And these are all hairstyles that have been uh, in the black community for years and really haven't had any issues with them. However, the crown neck, hopefully, you know, will get to a point where we can have that all outlawed. So that's exactly what it's about. And so already there are there are protections. You can't discriminate against race, gender, sex, religion, etc. You want to add hair to this, not yes. just you, but a lot of lawmakers, a lot of folks across the country. So they want to redefine the definition of race to include race-based hairstyles. Exactly. Have you been discriminated against? Well, so when it comes to discrimination, right, maybe indirectly as it relates to like microaggressions when it comes to hair, what I can remember most is when I was in college, I knew that I wouldn't be able to wear my hair in its natural state um, to get a job, or at least I was told that it would be much more difficult for you to land a job if you wear that afro. Okay, so those kind of sentiments uh, ring true all the time. And of course, working here at at WFAA, we received some unpleasant emails uh, from people talking about the way that I wear my hair. And many of them saying that it's just unkept and unprofessional um, in their eyes. And again, it's literally the way that your hair naturally grows out of your head. So, yeah. And this is not just a styling issue. This is having to put chemicals in in your hair. Mm Um, and and do all types of things to conform, right? Absolutely. So uh, a black woman, for example, will have to wear what we call a perm, a relaxer, so to speak. And what it does is it relaxes your curls. And that is so damaging to your hair and your scalp and things along those lines to a point where some women are actually losing their hair because they're trying to maintain these hairstyles and these Eurocentric beauty standards that have been set forth. So absolutely, I'll give you an example. For me personally, 
um, when I first got into this business, I used to straighten my hair all the time because that was the style that we told was professional. That your bosses right? said that you, you suggested you needed to, to wear. No, so bosses uh, from a standpoint of what is going to be a consistent hairstyle. So me wearing my hair straight, was something that was consistent, right? There isn't a whole lot you can do to change that straight look, but when it comes to your afro, your hair is gonna look different uh, from day to day. You honestly never know sometimes how your hair is gonna look when you wake up in the morning with your natural curls. And it is what it is. So I just think from a standpoint of understanding like what this means to a black woman and the damage that they're doing to their hair to conform, it's an issue. Since you raised the issue, since you got that email what, a few years ago or that, yeah. that, that Facebook or yeah. whatever it was, um, someone's saying that you looked at what un- unkept, unprofessional. Is unprofessional. That what they said? Because mm-hmm. you had what a row of buns in your. Because I had four, a four bun hairstyle that I wore to work, and they basically said that is not a work hairstyle, and a work appropriate hairstyle. Since you shown the light on this, mm-hmm. you have testified before uh, committees at the state legislature in yep. Austin. You have produced television specials on this, and you've heard from a lot of people and and exposed this to the, the wider society that might not know about mm-hmm. this. Can, can you just throw out some of the stories that, that, that women have told you, that men have told you that they have encountered and faced because of this? My goodness, I'll give you a story, um, one that I'm actually currently working on right now, we'll see what happens with it, of a young lady who was at work a week or so ago, and she was basically told that her braided hairstyle, and I saw a picture of it, and it was just some regular old braids in a bun. Um, her braided hairstyle was unprofessional at work and was offending customers. Um, she's in a customer service role at a restaurant that will remain named nameless um, and she wore this hairstyle and that was the feedback allegedly that she received from her boss. In addition to that, I have so many stories from people and not just here in Texas, I mean a- across America, emailing me, messaging me, Santa Shara, I went through the same thing. I have a message that I can show you right now, Jason, from a woman who says she went into a two-year depression when she was wow. working in corporate America simply because she wore natural hair to work and the feedback that she received wasn't the most pleasant feedback. A two-year depression. So folks are dealing with identity issues issues and just going through different um, problems, you know, that that comes from someone telling them that your natural appearance and the way that you show up isn't what we want around here. Are people losing their jobs? Are, are people losing out on loans, well, things like this, or what? Well, so there was an instance, uh, I can't recall the woman's young name, right? young woman's name right now, but it ended up going um, right before it got to the Supreme Court because she wore a hairstyle where, I believe it was uh, locks, dreadlocks at some point, she wore that hairstyle and she was told that she could get the job but only if she would change or cut her hair. It takes a long time to grow those locks for anyone who knows what locks are. And basically she wouldn't be able to get the job if she did not cut her hair. So yeah, some people are losing jobs or not being able to have those jobs because of things that are happening. And since you started reporting this, shining a light on it, producing these television specials, have you heard from viewers that have been changed? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what's so touching about that is I've heard from a lot of viewers that are within the school system, which is the utmost important working around young people. I had a librarian, I had a counselor reach out to me saying, you know, I, I wouldn't even know that this was a concern. And, you know, she would have students come into her office or into the library and they would have concerns about their hair. And she didn't know how to dress. So she was a white woman. I'll throw that out there. And she didn't know how to dress some of those uh, black students 
students who had issues with their hair and was considered, you know, having a not so good hair day. And so based on our series, she basically said her mind has been, you know, open and her broadened because she didn't know that this was a concern for young people. So, yeah, I've received many, many messages. I have a white woman right now in my inbox <laughs> as well. Um, from earlier last week, I did another perspectives piece. What we have here at WFAA, we can do these commentaries on different things that have happened. And I yeah. addressed the Crown Act uh, last week and we were talking about hair. And she said to Shar, I had no idea. So just receiving those type of emails and feedback um, makes a difference. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't don't realize this. Um, so the last time we had you on, we were talking about the Crown Act in the state mm-hmm. legislature. Uh, Retta Bowers is a state representative from uh, Dallas County who introduced that. Um, There have been issues all over the state, as you have outlined here, too. That did not pass this last legislative session. Retta Bowers will be on the podcast here in just a moment, too. But let me ask you, you, you've now kind of seen how the the sausage is made in in Austin. (laughs) What do you want to see done? Well, I want to see it get passed. I I will say, Jason, I was pleasantly surprised when they made it out of the uh, State Affairs Committee. You know, when everyone voted for it to get it out of the State Affairs Committee, I was surprised and and happy to see that because it shouldn't be um, a bipartisan issue, right? Or partisan issue, rather. Um, This is something that impacts folks on both sides of the aisle, and I really want to see it pass. So ultimately, that's it. And I want to see it pass at the federal level as well. Well, let's talk about that. And for our our listeners who might not know, the legislative process is you have an idea, you put it on paper, you Mm -hmm. introduce it as a bill. That bill has to go through a few checks and balances. The first check and balance it goes through is a committee. So the committee, the State Affairs Committee, which this bill was assigned to that Retta Bowers introduced, Mm -hmm. it passed out of there. It got to the uh, floor of the House, but the clock kind of ran out on this bill, unfortunately. Um, We just saw uh, this same bill, the Crown Act, a similar bill Mm -hmm. uh, in Congress. Yeah. And it was before the House and it did not have the support before the House. When when you see it fail in, in our state, when you see it fail in Congress, what do you think about that? Is it, does it drive you crazy? Do you, where are you on it's that? It's disheartening. It's very disheartening because it shouldn't be something, again, one, we shouldn't even have a bill just for hair, right? We shouldn't even right. be at that point. But it's disheartening that we're still having to deal with some of these same issues. And a lot of folks kind of get up in arms when you call it a civil rights issue. But at the core of this being about race-based hairstyles, it, it really is. And so I think it's important that we take a step back and realize that this this shouldn't be a long party lines, even though it is, you know, um, it's, it's disheartening. And that's the at, at the end of the day, I just wish that we can get past some of this rhetoric that we're seeing out there and get to the core of what this bill is about. And it's basically outlawing discrimination based on hair texture and styles. Is this a civil rights issue? I think it is. You think so? Absolutely. T- tell Race-based us Race-based hairstyles. Tell well, us why. because folks are being discriminated against, possibly losing jobs, um, based on literally a natural fact, something that they absolutely cannot change. Yeah, they can manipulate their hair to different styles, but you're telling me if I show up as a black woman with my afro or with my locks that I could be told, no, we, we don't want that here. And that's a problem. So there is hope. Because 14 states mm-hmm. have, have actually passed laws to include this, to prevent discrimination over hairstyles, which is bizarre that we even have to have this conversation. Right. I'm in total agreement with you on that. California, Minnesota, I believe, is, is the latest one. And then when we have Representative Bowers on from Dallas County here in just a moment, she's, I, I presume, telling us that she's going to reintroduce right the uh, Crown Act in the state legislature. And Harris County, by the way, as well, ended up passing uh, a similar 
Act uh, ordinance uh, in Harris level. County mm-hmm, on a local level. What needs to be done? You testified before the state legislature uh, last time. What what needs to be done, not only to get this out of the State Affairs Committee, but yeah. to get this passed in the House and across to the Senate and on the governor's desk? I think keep the conversation going. The minute we stop talking about this, um, no one else is going to talk about it. So I think keep the conversation going and realize that if you can get to the heart um, of individuals on both sides of the aisle, then maybe some work can be done. Because I've had so many people reach out to me, again, both sides of the aisle, I'll just throw that out there and talk about how important this work is. So just keep the conversation going, I would think would be the most important. Why is this just now coming up? I mean. Black people have had these hairstyles forever. They've had to conform forever. Here we are, what, 50 years, almost 50 years since the uh, um, civil rights movement. Why is this just now coming up? So the thing is, it's always been around. It has always been an issue. Now, why the Crown Act? Because you have four amazing women who wanted to make sure that they can do something more and create a legislative strategy behind actually doing the work, especially after years of seeing these type of things happen as it relates to discrimination based on hair um, texture and hairstyles. And so it's always been an issue. The Crown Act is just something that is new based on, you know, the Crown Coalition and, you know, how it ended up evolving um, into this legislative strategy. But it's always been a concern. It has always Folks it, just weren't talking about it. Yeah, but it hasn't made it to the legislative levels at all. No. Why, why weren't folks talking about it? No clue. That's why I'm here, Jason, to keep that <laughs> conversation going along with so many others. I have no clue why they weren't talking about it. You mentioned young young folks, too, who yeah. are obviously impressionable and, and need to you know build their confidence, too. Mm-hmm. There are some people who probably listen to this who say, well, you know, there are dress codes at school sure. and, and you shouldn't be able to wear, you know, all black or all green or, or whatever. Um, what, what do you say to those folks or those, uh, you know, people from school districts or teachers who might be listening to this? Yeah. So I would say. Think about this. If you were to sit a young person down, your niece, your nephew, your son, your daughter, and they had their hair in their natural style, let's say they were naturally blonde, right? And someone at school told them, nope, you can't have blonde hair here. Your hair needs to be black. I'm gonna need your mom or your dad to go and change that. It's the same thing as it relates to young students in schools. If a black child has their hair locked because that's part of their culture, right? Or a black child wears that afro to school. They shouldn't be told that it's unkept or unprofessional or sent to in-school suspension simply because of the way that they're showing up. If I'm behaving and I'm getting my job done, getting my work done, whatever it is in school, it's the same principle. I can't tell a child with blonde hair that they need to change their hair color, right? Naturally blonde hair. It should be the same as it relates to black students as well. You're keeping the light shining on this issue. Mm-hmm. We're nine months out from the next legislative session. Uh, the state, the, the congressional representative from Minnesota who introduced this in Congress mm-hmm. uh, says she will reintroduce this in Congress and go with a simple majority vote uh, to get this passed. Uh, she's a Democrat from Minnesota. Are you confident that we're going to see something change in Texas at the state level and in Congress at the federal level? <laughs> um, I'm hopeful. I will say that I am hopeful. That why, why aren't after you confident, Tashara? Well, you know, it, it's one thing to change the minds of some certain people, but as it relates to, to changing the, the hearts of people, that's internally, right? And for someone to truly understand the reason why this work is important, that's going to require a heart change, not necessarily just a mind but change. But a heart so change, I'm I mean, everyone's different, but absolutely, I don't 
care how somebody wears their hair. Whose hearts need to be changed? (laughs) I think you know whose hearts need to be changed, Jason. Um, A a lot of folks, Jason, don't see the importance of it, you know? And I think that's something that starts internally. You're right. Maybe we don't care how people wear their hair. And it should be as simple as that to go ahead and get this bill passed. But clearly we're seeing that's not exactly what's happening. So when you ask me, am I confident? I'm hopeful. We'll see. We shall see, and I know we'll have you back on when this gets uh, gets back in the state house because it is heading there to yeah. shore. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. So Tashara mentioned what's happening in Congress, that uh, the U.S. House of Representatives did not pass a Crown Act on, on the federal level. Um, but in Texas, the Democrats and the State House in Austin also ran into some issues last session. But I've been talking off and on to the author of that bill. It's State Rep. Retta Bowers. Uh, she is from uh, North Texas, from Dallas area, represents part of Dallas County. And she says, hey, I'm not done with this. I'm, I'm still going to reintroduce something next session when the lawmakers come back. And that's going to be in January of 2023, about, what, nine months from now. And guess who's on the line with us? It is Retta Bowers, uh, indeed, with us. Uh, Representative, good to see you and good to have you uh, on the program here with us. It's great to be here, Jason. Thank you so much. And thank you uh, for, as you said, having so much interest in the Crown Act and always talking to me about it and bringing me back in to share more. You've been kind because you have answered my texts while you are on the floor of the House in the middle of debate, and I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, hey, let, let me get your reaction, first of all, to what happened in D.C. in Congress. What did you think about that? Because it was almost a party line vote. Uh, there were some Republicans who voted uh, for the Crown Act on a federal level, but not enough to get it passed. What's your reaction? You know, I I will say that it is about educating people. And I surely had my work cut out for me uh, during the eighty. 80- seventh legislative session, and I will have it again in the 88th. So, and, and so to, to uh, let our listeners know, this has, you know, uh, this has been going on for, for, for years. But I, if my recollection is correct, uh, Representative Bowers, didn't this start with that young man in Channel View down in Harris County who was uh, evicted from school? I know he got a lot of news down in the Houston area. Uh, because he wouldn't cut his dreads, I believe. Is is that what the origin of your bill is from? You know what? It didn't. It's, it started before that happened. And it started way before that. When I got home um, from my freshman session back in 2019, thought I was going to have, you know, the misconception of thinking I'd get a break. Uh, but I got a call um, way back then in the summer of 2019 before DeAndre Arnold and Barber's Hill ISD happened. Um, and then they were already asking me because the bill had already passed in California. So it was, you know, the cases were there. It's just that I must say people weren't weren't willing to, to talk about it. Um, it was something that uh, was kind of and still is looked over. So people just didn't want to talk about it. It was more so talked about in our barbershops and beauty shops and around the kitchen table. Um Certainly with kids and their parents after school, uh, after athletics or their athletic programs ended for the day. And, and it just wasn't something that was talked about. 
And for our listeners who, who might not have been following this, might have seen it in the headlines, explain what your bill that you that you had and the state legislature would have done uh, last session if it passed. It would have provided those protections um, that would have prohibited race-based discrimination when it came to protective hairstyles and texture. Um, it would have made sure that our students weren't being kept out of class just based on their hairstyles um, and put in in-school suspension. It would have made sure that people were not looked over when it came to a job offer or promotion. It, it would make sure, the Crown Act will, will make sure that people are not looked over even when it comes to housing. And that's how we ended up in state affairs. And, and there, there are a lot of folks who, who are listening to you who might say, how in the world are these people looked over when it comes to housing? Maybe I can get, you know, they're not following a dress code at school, but are, are, are people really being discriminated against at work and in housing and in applying for jobs? Absolutely. We, that you know, a long time, Jason, um, women, black women, for sure, when getting ready for a job interview, have to decide, do, like I wear my hair blown out, do I straighten my hair? Uh, do I take my braids down so that I don't have this look for the job interview? Um, and it it is just it, it is a journey that I think we've, we've all been on. And, and it's it's starting to happen at a younger age, um, you know, in, in elementary school, if you will. And, and are, are black women still having these conversations or are we getting to a place now where, where hairstyles, of all things, are, are finally accepted? No, I will say yes. Let me just rephrase that and start it with an absolute yes. Uh, these conversations are still happening. Uh, microaggressions are there, whether they're at work or in personal spaces. Um, but I mean, I'm getting calls constantly in my office uh, people that want to share their case and, and their story. Um, so it continues to happen. And I, I want, I like to say we had star power, star power testimony uh, during the last legislative session. And, and, and we'll have more stories next session. Is this something though that needs to be legislated? I think it is because um you know, they're addressing it at, at trying to address it at the municipal level and local level with school districts. Um, but I think we have to go ahead. Harris County has passed their own version. I hope Dallas will. Austin is talking about it and picking it up. Um, and I hope that at the local level, they'll begin to talk about it and pass their versions of the Crown Act so that we'll have great support when it comes time at the state level to look at this legislation again. So in what, six or seven months, you have to start putting your uh, ideas for bills down on paper and submitting those uh, to be heard when the legislature returns in January. Mm -hmm. What will the Crown Act uh, in nine months look like here in the state of Texas? Well, we will pick it up again and we'll file it, as you said, as early as when early filing begins in November. And um, it will definitely be a bill that looks at education, um, but not only education. It has to deal with the workplace as well, and it, and it will have to have that co housing component in there so that across the board, um, Black 
women, men, and children are not being discriminated against. And, and you know, when I when I'm thinking about this, just you know, speaking with you here, the protections have been in place for, for years, I believe, for you know, to protect people against uh, gender-based discrimination, or race-based, gender-based, uh, religious-based, etc. But but we're at a place now where where even hairstyles have to be protected as well too. Yeah, and it's 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 an unfortunate space to be in, but we are here, um, and you know, the one thing that I could say is, you know, my colleagues look at me daily with my hair straightened, but if I wet my hair, Jason, it's going to go right into its curly natural state. And I too would be discriminated against or looked at differently um, in their eyes. And when I said that, uh, laying the bill out and, and got back on the floor to shop it around and make sure I could get it voted out. Um, many of my colleagues just said, I had no idea. I had no idea. I didn't even know we needed something like this. Um, but there were those on the other hand, and, and uh, they weren't all black that said, I, I too have this issue with my hair. What do you think the reaction would be representative if you wore your hair natural and didn't wet it to, to the house floor next year? You know what I hate to say? I have a colleague that changed her hairstyle when she came back for the next legislative session. And people were texting me, Jason, saying, who is that? Is that a new member? They didn't recognize her. So that's my answer to you. I think they wouldn't. They might not recognize me. Well, let me ask you, you and I have known each other for quite a while. Um, Do you have trouble? wetting your hair and having to conform to society's norms instead of being yourself every day? You know, I will say that um, I I do everything I can to manage my own hair. And I did go through my own uh, personal natural hair journey. Um, I started getting a relaxer at the age of eight. And so I really didn't know any other way to take care of my hair outside of putting those harsh chemicals on it. Um, but I would say, yes, the answer is yes, to be presentable and uh, ready to face the world, if not camera ready. It is a job and a journey every day. But, but I mean, getting to the point of the Crown Act, what makes what makes, uh, you know, the, the, the norms for facing the world and, and being camera ready? Why does it have to be? You know, I've never had good hair. I'll, I'll just say <laughs> that to start with. Uh, But why does it have to be a certain way? I don't think there's any good hair or bad hair. I want to clear that. Hey, I have bad hair. I mean, it's just, (laughs) it it goes straight out. My wife's like, don't get it cut with number five because you look like you're the Marines. (laughs) Well, well, you know, with the Crown Act, what we saw is that moment we saw DeAndre Arnold in Barbers Hill ISD not being able to graduate. Those kids that we saw with parts in their hair and designs getting Sharpie, you know, drawn into those lines. Um, I just think that the worst description that I've heard is when people say that our children are a distraction in the classroom or even a distraction at the workplace, or maybe that's not the look we want in our places of dwelling in neighborhoods. It's, it, well, 
Go ahead. It is. Yeah. A no, no. What, what do you what do you say to that then? Because I, I'm sure there's someone listening to this who says, you know what, if if my kid, uh, you know, put put the Dallas Cowboys star or the Houston Astros star in his head and outline it with a sharpie, that might be distracting to, to some other folks. But, well, but you don't think that's the case. Well, the thing about it is the kids themselves are not putting that Sharpie in there. It was like on the sidelines that they're taking that Sharpie to to color that color that part in so you don't yeah. see the scalp. So it it's demeaning. That's what it is. And it is, you know, they feel our kids feel criticized, judged, ostracized. Um, much less we had an African-American man that, you know, it took him a long time. He was trying to provide for his family and got called in and reprimanded because he wore cornrows, which are a style of braids. And, and those are the real life consequences of this. There, there are, are people who can't get jobs or can't get jobs they're probably qualified for Absolutely. because of their hairstyles. Mm-hmm. And that is what's holding them back. I mean, um, there are so many things we have to get away from. I think we we really just have to begin to accept our differences. You know, I always say that, Jason, accept our differences, uh, come to the table. That's the only way we're going to move forward. If we can come to the table is who we truly are authentically and um, present ourselves uh, in the ways we feel we feel good and comfortable and be accepted. It's the only way we'll, we'll begin to thrive. Let me ask you about the political reality of all this. You are a Democrat and a legislative body that is controlled by Republicans. Yes. Uh, you have a very good reputation of, of uh, working across the aisle and, and having friends in both parties. You're not one of the you know extremists mm-hmm. um, that we see in some legislative bodies. What are the chances, though, since you couldn't get this passed last legislative session, what are the chances you think you can get this done now? What, what lesson did you learn last time? that you can apply now and hopefully get this thing pushed downfield into the governor's desk for a signature? Well, you know, last time I, I did learn a few lessons and um, that's why I want to get it filed early this time so that hopefully we can get a lower bill number, get a hearing sooner and realize that it definitely is an education lesson. It's a lesson for a lot of us. People are unaware and I'm going to have that same uh, opportunity if and and challenge, if you will, because a fourth of the House is going to be new members. So I'm going to have to start all over again, much less we're going to have a new chair of state affairs. So I'm going to have to talk to that new chairperson again. Um, and the other thing I think I have to mention is that I'm hoping and we're hoping that it'll get more movement in the Senate because it barely uh, got, you know, got set for a hearing in the Senate. So we've got to work. I've got to work with those senators that helped us last time, but even the new ones to educate them and talk, talk to them a little bit more than I did last time. I think I did, we did our due diligence to, to educate members of the house. And I was so glad to have that bipartisan support. And a lower bill number for our listeners too, uh, essentially is, higher priority. I mean, things can get moved around when they get heard on the House floor. But, you know, the the budget bills, the only thing the legislature has to do is pass a budget. And the the budget bills are always bill number one uh, because that has to get done. So you're hoping to get a lower bill number, start working this quicker, sooner and uh, uh, having to reintroduce yourself and reintroduce the bill probably to a 
a lot of new members, it sounds yeah. like. To, to make sure I'm clear, Representative, and I'll let you run, but but this this bill that you hope to file, that you intend to file next legislative session, it will ban the discrimination uh, uh, for over hair in, in what in, in what places? In our schools. Schools, where else? Workplace, and certainly in the housing market and when people are looking to, whether it's apartments or uh, single family homes, that they're looking to uh, plant their roots and, and start their lives, that they'll be accepted on site and, and be able to move forward with those processes. And you hope to make that state law so someone can't discriminate against them or they're violating state law? Correct. That's right. exactly what I'm hoping for. And, and I want to say that, you know, other states are, are making it happen. And I just feel like it's time for Texas to step up to the plate and make that a reality as well. We'll be watching as long as you take my messages, my calls. Uh, we'll be <laughs> watching this one. So, so thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Always good to talk to you.